Welcome to the Music Retail Show. Having conversations about the musical instrument industry to take you and your business farther. The Music Retail Show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Music Retail Show. Today, Richard and I sit down and talk with Adam Hatfield. Great guy and has about 17 years experience of retail sales. And I'm telling you what, we have a great conversation of what does it take to be a good salesman. If you're a music store owner, you've got to listen to this episode. I'm sure you'll love it and you'll definitely learn something. Appreciate it and we'll see you on the other side. Does half the cost and double the value sound good to you? What about Made in the USA? Franklin Strap is 100% American made and you get double the quality for every dollar you spend. Call us today, 615-791-7057 and get in the strap business. Franklin Strap, the soft strap. All right, we're back for another episode of the Music Retail Show. And uh, man, Richard, this is, this is it's August. It's a good month because NAM has officially passed us by. Yes, it's kind it of was nice a great little, NAM. It's kind of a relief when you prepare and you do so much stuff and you're finally past yeah. it. It's kind of a good feeling. What do you think? Yeah, July was a busy month. Uh, it is good to get into August so we can kind of move past it, of course. Um, I, th- I thought... We we did six podcasts at the the summer show. Yeah, we did. Which was um, they were all very very good uh, episodes. We had some great guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to go back, and I think there's one, maybe two, I need to listen to because um, I like going back and listen to every single one of them. Um, but I thought we had some great guests. Um, I, I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was I nice to was sit awesome. down. Obviously, some of the episodes are out, but Fred Poole was a good one. Yeah. That was like you had said to him, man, we got to have you back on, which we yeah. will, because he's got so much yeah, to he say. Does. He does. We, we didn't have enough time They've got him. a lot going on, too, as a company, They too. do, yeah. So, but uh, that was cool, man. And I just, again, you know, we said it while we were there, but I thought that the attitude and the atmosphere was great. Yeah. I think it's time for the summer show to grow and get bigger. I'm not saying it'll ever be as big as the winter show, which no, it, won't, it won't. yeah. But it could, I feel like it could expand and get it could get bigger so well it should get at least as big as it was uh before they moved it and before they they changed convention center so um i'm all about it i love the summer show yeah as well as the winter show um so hopefully in a couple years it'll it'll get back to yeah. where it needs yeah. to be absolutely yeah. so but hey today uh man we're gonna talk with uh, a good buddy of ours here yeah, we got uh, a guest another uh, guest another guest yeah we're gonna call him a guest yeah, we're gonna call him a guest but you we know see what i noticed every single day yeah but you know what i noticed <laughs> before we even started this is is not only do we have his mug here but we got oh, these yeah. two mugs. We've got so we've mug. got two. Uh, well, hey, don't mix them up. I no, want to no, make yeah. sure. So we've got two. Uh, also, two <laughs> coffee mugs with uh, Adam Hatfield's face on them. That's right. You know, that's right. You can and see it. So, nice little. So th- we've got like triplets right here. We've yeah. got uh, him live yeah. and in person. Two coffee mugs. So we've got triplets. Yeah, today. we'll have the coffee mugs are on the website for sale for $19.99. Yeah. We also have the holiday edition coming yeah. to you later on this hey, fall. That's right. That That'll be good. But hey, fun. we've got Adam Hatfield here. He uh, works at MIRC, works alongside yes. of us, and obviously has been... Uh, you were at NAM with us, too, yeah. on that Saturday. Saturday. It was yeah. a great day, just talking to people, uh, passing out information. And uh, but Adam is for those of you listening is he's one of the uh, salesmen here at MIRC and today we're going to talk about what makes a good salesman. Mm. Correct. I think it's a great time for us to kind of get back 
uh, to some of the things that we uh, started out with, and that's uh, on an on a educational plane and talk to music store owners, managers, or people in that environment on how to improve themselves, yeah. their store. is something that we're very passionate about. Um, and I think a big part of that is because that's something at, at different times that we all struggled with. Uh, either we didn't have a mentor or, or we did have mentors, and, and we want to talk about that. But I know for myself, I had a little bit of an uphill climb, um, and so that's one reason why I love helping people out is because I don't want people to go through some of the things that I had to do, go through. Yeah. Now, that's not a sob story at all because I'm so, so happy um, that I, I had to do it the way I did because yeah. I felt like I learned a lot, um, but I do want to make it easier for people, and I do want to help as many people out as we can. I think Adam... Uh, uh, can add a whole lot today, and yeah. so I think we're going to have fun doing this episode. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, welcome. Uh, yeah. Hey, just start off. You got you got uh, kind of a long um, long list of experience. So, being a salesman, retail. Yeah. Now you're doing wholesale. But why don't you just kind of give us a little rundown on where you've come from? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it started selling retail around 2001 in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, worked at a, a local music store there, Center Stage Music. Um, who's for, now one of our dealers. Who's now right? one of our dealers, yeah. 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 So yeah, it comes awesome. full circle, yeah. uh, which is just an amazing story because the guy that I worked for there, you mentioned the word mentor, mm-hmm. and he is to this day someone that I look to. Awesome. Um, and just a, a great friend. We've developed that relationship, and he, mm-hmm. he taught me an enormous amount uh, just by watching him. I worked for him for about five years, and I learned, mm-hmm. I learned a lot uh, mm-hmm. from him. Moved to Virginia Beach in 2006 and immediately began working for a company called Alpha Music. They're on Virginia Beach Boulevard. Fantastic uh, brick-and-mortar, uh, mom-and-pop, if you will, uh, music store uh, under the leadership of a guy named Eddie Hancock. And uh, again, wonderful mentor. His name, you guys have heard me talk about him yeah, all the time. Sure. Oh, yeah. Just a fantastic guy to learn from. And then when I moved to uh, Nashville uh, in 2010, it was around 2011, I started working for a company called Artisan Guitars, where I, uh, again, had a wonderful mentor and people that I learned from, learned a lot from them as well. Mm, so yeah. that's about, I'd say, 16, 17 years of you know retail floor sales experience and everything that, that goes along with that. So Awesome. Well, man, very cool. I mean, yeah, obviously we've sat around and we've heard a lot of stories. Oh, yeah. A lot of funny we, stories. We joke about having a... Horror a, stories, oh, but, yeah. uh, you know. But but the funny thing is, or the interesting thing is, is that of all the stories that you've told all the years, they've all been learning experiences. You're Absolutely. telling a story because it's funny or because you had, you know, some confrontation with a customer, but they are all uh, learning experiences. So, but... Um, um, obviously, today we're going to talk about what does it take to be a good salesman. Mm. If you had to answer that question in a couple sentences, what would that be? It starts from the top. It starts from... Is that uh, an ACDC song? It starts from the top. It should be. <laughs> if it's not, it should be on their new album. I think that um, there, there's... We talk about things like raw talent. We talk about things like personality, uh, self-motivating characteristics of people. Those things a lot of people have, but if they're not noticed and nurtured by a business owner who is willing to take someone under their wing, if you will, and mm-hmm. teach them and help help groom them a little bit uh, to become a better salesperson, uh, it's kind of all for naught. I think it, it takes 
like any good uh, sales partnership does. It takes that relationship aspect to, to take a salesman to the next level. Once they're at that next level, um, you know, it's, it's all the things that, that we have sort of itemized in our conversations daily. It's uh, a good salesman is someone who is motivated by the product that they're selling and the numbers that they can produce for the company that they work for to raise and retain assets for the company that they work for. That's what, that's a good salesman, whether you're selling tangible or intangible products, that's your goal. Okay. So you would say, you would basically say, going back to the first thing you say, a, a, a successful salesman usually finds themselves in the midst of a good foundation, mm-hmm. a solid company that has a great product to sell that is recognized by probably the owner or their boss. Or their peers. That gives them, or their peers, yeah. that gives them the, uh, the ability to, um, to succeed. Yeah, the foundation. I like that. I like the way you put that. Yeah, foundation. Yeah. Foundation. Richard, what do you think? Well, I, let, let's go back for a second, not to backtrack too much, but I want to uh, talk a little bit about the why we're even having this conversation. Um, you know, it, it is summertime, um, and July, August is arguably some of the harder months, and uh, it's a great time to sit back and reflect. And we're, we're talking directly about salesmen. And so I think it's a great time for people to sit and look at uh, not only themselves, but their staff. And so what we're going to do is talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the number one topic was what does it take to be a good salesman? And I think that's very obvious. But it also is something that I just want us all to pause and go, what is a real, what is a good salesman you know and and that's the reason why we're doing it we're not doing it just to fill a podcast but to actually go man we need to right now in the middle of summer at the dog days of summer have that conversation because when it's when it's christmas time mm-hmm. we're not thinking about that oh, yeah. we're blowing and going and we're happy and everybody's doing a great job um, but uh, it is something that is is very important that we do evaluate in music stores or in life what our staff looks like mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, the improvements that we might need to make. So um, that that is the why of, of, of Behind a Good Salesman. I don't want us to jump ahead too far, but go down the list that we have because I think we've all kind of come up with a little bit of a framework. Now we can deviate from that. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, th- I think that's the why behind it. And that's just what I wanted to, to sure. back up. So let's, let's uh, hop ahead of that. Um, here's something that is probably uh, passionate uh, with me more than anything is how much does personality play in their success. And the reason I put that down is because when I started out, I didn't have the experience um, I had the personality mm-hmm. um, because I was a drummer in a guitar shop and um, w- with a manager and a, and no one to teach or show me. And I was by myself. I mean, I literally had to take books home. I had to learn all this stuff by myself. Um, and so that that is something that I want to talk about because I think personality, in a lot of ways, you can overcome your weakness. Yeah. Um, you could sit there, and, and I was very honest and candid with people, and I would just say, man, I'm sorry. I don't know what wood this is. Let me find out. Mm-hmm. I never go, oh, I think that's, uh, you know, and make something up. Yeah. I always was very candid and very honest. With that, a lot of people learned that they can trust me and, and they had a safe place to buy product. What's your, what's your uh, uh, both of you guys' input on, uh, on personality in a salesman? Well, yeah, so I'll just jump in where you mentioned the word trust. And, and so it's trust, relationship, loyalty. 
you know, once you develop the trust, you nurture the relationship, and then you earn that customer's loyalty. Um, the the person with an I've seen guys who who don't necessarily uh, have the the most outgoing personality when they're not talking about power amps. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but you get them on a sales floor, yeah. and they can teach in their lane of what in, they're in their about. lane, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. They can they can really break it down into simple forms mm-hmm. and help people understand. That's an interesting point you're bringing up. Yeah, so so you can't judge a book necessarily by its cover. And and again, I go back to the leadership of that going. It takes someone who has had the experience to see that in a person and say, this person's going to be a good fit. And you know mm-hmm. what? They're the best person for the job, and I'm going to give them the rules and get out of their way mm-hmm. and let them do their job. Mm-hmm. But by and large, you you know, personality, patience, general kindness, a general interest in in people, yeah. <laughs> you know, is is key yeah. uh, because it's a it's a face to face situation when you're on a sales floor. So well, yeah, we and we talk about personality. I think a lot of times people think personality is this really outgoing person that's going to draw a person in and they can make a sale. But you're right. I think it's not necessarily that. But if you do talk about and you're knowledgeable of the product and you say it in a way that's relatable to and the helpful. customer yeah. and helpful yeah. and you're yeah. truthful and, and straightforward, mm-hmm. I think that that is that's a great personality to have. You know, and so they can talk about mm-hmm. Class A power amps yeah. like all day long, but you get them in a in a setting hanging out, and they just kind of they just sit there. But yeah. but so you know, I think that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I do like that because I, I never even thought about it that way because I think about people like you were talking about them being outgoing and bubbly and excited and whatever, and that's personality. That's only just part of personality. Yeah. But if you have somebody uh, in your shop that knows certain stuff and they get a little bit excited or have the right type of knowledge or can convey the right type of knowledge, that's a rock star right there. That's yeah. somebody that can really, really move the needle and make some things happen. Absolutely. So I, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, yeah. I didn't even think that way because I just think about uh, likable, yeah. you know, as far yeah. as personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it actually, uh, I wanted to. I, I was thinking beforehand, uh, before you start on the personality, that on the on kind of the foundation, I think it's really important, and you have a great story to talk about it. Is is we're talking about what makes a good salesman, but we started out by saying, you know, if music store owners are listening to this, thinking about their salesmen, but they need to also think about themselves. Am I creating the right environment for my salesman to be successful? And and you have a great story of the two different music stores you worked at, where you had one that got put you in a situation where you thrived. You know, you yeah. had a good personality. You didn't know the product, but you had product, and you had the ability to learn about it, and you could learn to sell it. Then you went over to another music store where you had a lot of the knowledge, but yet there was no product to sell. Yeah, I'll, I'll briefly talk about that. Um, so the first one I, I went into, I again, I was a drummer in a guitar shop, and I started out. Now, when I left, over half of the store was drums because I turned it into a drum <laughs> <Yeah>. shop. <laughs> but we still had every guitar line that was cool at that time. Yeah. Um, but but d- back to your point is, I was given the opportunity when I started out to be successful. Yeah, You know, the, the owner there quickly knew that I didn't know Martin HD 28 from a 35. He knew that. He accepted that. But he said, hey, 
I have them, go sell them, figure them out. Um, and I would take books home and learn and I, I yeah. grew and whatever. Now, uh, when I was done with it, because I did all that, I could sell Martin like crazy because I, I had a passion about, um, you know, quality instruments. And that goes for Gibson and Fender and everybody else that we dealt with. And then uh, moving out uh, to Nashville, I, I, I worked at a music store that did usually you know, roughly did between ten and twenty thousand dollars a day. They were incredible. Huge uh, uh, stars, country stars, rock stars, the biggest names in Nashville, the biggest albums I've sold product, you know, to them to record. So it was a highly successful store with an owner that was the the opposite. Yeah. It almost seemed like he wanted you to fail. You know, he had a chip on his shoulder because I was the only person that he didn't directly hire. His manager hired me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was. Uh, we were on credit hold with product. We were constantly, um, you know, having issues like you would not believe as far as, oh, we're out of that. Give them this one. Do this. Do that. We we're always jumping through hoops to where it was frustrating. It was hard to do business, and it was very, very defeating. Now, uh, uh, the, the the saving grace of all that is not this last summer, but the summer before, the owner, after all of these years, <laughs> came up to me and actually apologized to yeah. me, wow. um, which was you know amazing because he relayed all the stories that I had told the owner of this company about what he did, and he actually said and admitted them right there. But the sad thing is, is you take a store that had huge potential. Every salesman that I've kept up with there is in the industry or highly successful. Some of the smartest, best salesmen collectively in one group, and they're all killing it. But they their handicap was the owner. Yeah. The owner, it was almost like he was sabotaging us. Um, so yes, the, you talk about from the top down, the owner has to be that person. He has to be that person um, that leads the pack. So if anybody's out there listening and going, well, my sales guys aren't good and this and blame it on them, them, them. But first we need to reflect and look at ourselves. That's right. Are yeah. we, you know, back to your point, is, uh, is that platform that we're talking about, is that the leader? Is the platform solid because of the leader? And if it's not, that's when we have to reflect and say, what do I need to do to be a better leader? Yeah, Absolutely. and that's I just thought that's that's a great point to put it that way because I think it's a great foundation. So if we're going to talk to music store owners, we're going to drum up conversation, you know, it has to reflect back on themselves first to before we can find and talk about great salesmen. So, yeah. And I have, I have great experience with that. You know, um, um, the first guy that I worked for, he made a list every single day. He had a little like sort of quarter-sized legal pad that he made a list on every single day of the things that he needed to do. To this day, you guys see me, I make a list of everything that I need to do that day. It's a big list. And it's a, it's a long list. Yeah, and yeah. I sometimes I get through the whole thing, sometimes I don't. But uh, those practices, uh, self-motivating, self-starting, all these wonderful qualities that mm. most salesmen have, uh, most successful salesmen have, uh, I learned from watching him, mm. you know, and again, coming down from yeah. the top. So. That's a good leader, someone that, uh, like I said, you could take into uh, account their practices, you know, 15 years later, whatever the math is. And it's analog. Um, it's so simple. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's universal. You can do it 
in any field mm-hmm. uh, that, that you're in. So Yeah. Well, cool. Well, moving on, uh, you know, personality, obviously, we touched on that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but um, the next one we have on here is is product or uh, knowledge of the product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how product do you feel knowledge. like that that is going to play into being a successful salesperson at a music store? Huge. I don't know what I would say the percentage would be, but it's as, it's as big, if not bigger, than anything. And I think, Richard, what you said earlier, um, if someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, it's best just to say, I don't know the answer to that, mm-hmm. uh, and go go get them that information. That's going to earn that customer's trust that can bridge the gap to relationship, that can... I want to be... I'm usually going to be loyal to someone. I'm loyal to a fault anyway. Yeah. Um, but having the knowledge when you walk in the door, knowing that when a customer comes in and they have a question for you about the construction of this particular guitar, you know, we're in the world of guitar, so we'll use that mm-hmm. as an example, mm-hmm. that you can bullet point and make it very simple for them, asking qualify, asking qualifying questions and trying to determine exactly what's going to best fit their needs. You can only do that if you have the product knowledge, if you have the knowledge, you know, uh, knowledge is power, right? Yeah. So it's, it's huge, absolutely huge. And taking the books home, I remember when we were selling uh, tons of Mesa Boogie product, um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't know a lot about those amplifiers. So they get, remember those books, those, mm-hmm. those spiral bound books that were mm-hmm. as thick as a dictionary. Uh, I would take those home and like you, I would study those books and I would figure out what all these amplifiers could do. And all of a sudden you start selling more mess of boogie amps, yep, absolutely. you know, and you see that there's, Oh, well there's actually something to this. You know, customers want to be informed. They want mm-hmm. to develop a relationship mm-hmm. with you. So if you have that product knowledge, uh, they're going, they're going to sort of glean off of you and, and become your customer. You think that's still equally as important today where people can look stuff up on cell phones? Do you think they want to hear from you mm. as a salesperson standing there looking at that guitar on the wall? On a retail floor, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I cannot drive home the, the point of the value in an informed salesman. Absolutely. There's a ton of knowledge for salesmen to learn online. It's not just a tool for the customer to beat us mm-hmm. up with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a resource that we have as well. Uh, and so when we're reading the same forums that they are, and when we're checking the prices the way they're checking the prices, when we know what's in stock and we don't know what's in stock, one of the best ways to sell a guitar is know what your competitor is selling it for, knowing their terms and conditions. And so, yeah, you, it's not just about the product; it's about the industry. Yeah. As as you start to unfold and peel the peel the layers back, uh, that's part of product knowledge. Did you ever sit there when somebody asked you a question, didn't know the answer, and you made up an answer? I do that to you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think something that we can all agree on when it comes to knowledge is um, to be cautious of not overwhelming the customer by giving them too much knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that that I can't stand is a, is a know-it-all, yep. a know-it-all salesman or somebody that is just uh, trying to tell you uh, how smart they are and everything. Yep. Um, I know uh, I had to, uh, you know, when we, you know, obviously with guitars, that was one area uh, that I, I started out struggling with. But as we got more drums, which was in my wheelhouse more than anything, I had to be very, very cautious not to talk about things because it quickly can go over people's heads. Yeah. So I had to realize that I had that knowledge, but I had to be careful on how I used it. Yeah. Um, there are so- certain facts that people don't care about 
um, let alone even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but back to the difference between like the internet and walking into a store, I agree with what you say. What you said is is a reason that a lot of people search so much, in my opinion, online is personal joy. You know, they're excited about buying some, and then also. They don't have the faith that when they walk into a music store that you're going to know. But when you walk into a store and somebody is as passionate about that piece of equipment that you are Mm -hmm. and know... Then you're like, hey, I found my dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. I found the place where I need to buy it from, and that's when we sway people. Man, I'll pay an extra twenty bucks to buy it from him instead of go online. Yeah. So, so music stores are going. You know, online is crushing me. Well, I understand that, but why are they crushing you? It's not all price. Look at your staff. Take a look because I am guilty of pulling out an extra 20, 30 bucks for the right product and the right knowledge to buy it from my guy. My guy that uh, knows and I feel comfortable uh, 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 trusting what he has to say and know if I have a question, I can come back to him. And that to me is money well spent. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and next thing we have on the list is goal driven. You know, I think a lot of that goes into, um, you know, I don't know about personality. I think a lot of times that comes with the personality of a person, you know, goal driven a lot of times I think is just innate in, in people a lot of times. And I think those people gravitate to be coming salespeople, yeah. you know, uh, but, uh, but goal driven is also something that, um, uh, I think is from the top down, you know, there's got to be goals that have to be set, but also at the same time, you know, I think a good salesperson uh, learns how to expand and hone in on the fact of being a goal-driven uh, person. So yeah. uh, what do you think? How How is that? Were you a goal-driven person to begin with, or was that something that developed in you over time? And and, and I'm going to add to this is talk about the difference between selling and clerking. Sure, yeah. Because I think, I think that would be a good time to, mm-hmm. to talk about the difference, because there is a difference. There's a huge difference, yeah. So, you know, from my experience, the music stores that I worked in um, – we're, we're never on commission or any type of spiff or any, any added bonus or anything like that. So what, the world that I'm in now and a lot of the, the guys that are in the industry that, 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 that I know are driven by that because, hey, what, what else motivates you more than money, right? That's, that's one of the reasons that we're in this. But when I was coming up, it was the motivator was to keep your job. <laughs> uh, so if you didn't hit a certain number per, per month, uh, you were getting evaluated. You were getting spoken to. Not, uh, you know, you kind of have to learn to take your lumps in that regard as well. When someone reprimands you or, or asks you why you're not hitting the numbers that they expect you to hit, um, you, you have to look at that constructively. Um, so yeah. Um, and a know. good leader is somebody who can actually present that in a way that is constructive. Absolutely. Yeah. So the and not shaming and yeah. demeaning right. and right. Yeah. what can we do? How what can we do to help you? sell more stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a positive conversation to have. Uh, and those, those are the experiences yeah. that I had, uh, for, for the most part, um, guitars and money are huge motivating factors for me personally. Um, I love guitars. That's why I'm sitting here at this table talking about them. That's why I, I some of the fondest memories I have are, are in brick and mortar music stores. Um, and obviously I love selling gear yeah. and I mm-hmm. love making friends all of my friends, my best friends that I've met 
have been people that I've had exchanges of gear with, whether we're trading or whether we're selling, uh, whether I met them in a retail sales environment or I met them through the industry somehow. Um, that is, that's my personal motivator is to, to have relationships with other human beings that like to talk about guitars. <laughs> you know, it has been since I was about sure. 14. Yeah. So there's a passion uh, in, in each of us, whether you're selling, you know, I call them tangible or intangible products because they, they essentially fall into those two categories. Yeah. Um, with this, that if you're not goal-driven, if you're not seeking to service the customer for your own, uh, for your own satisfaction and for your own integrity, uh, then you're likely not going to enjoy your job. And when you don't enjoy your job, you probably won't perform very well, and you'll mm-hmm. end up probably moving along to something else. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, ha- having that list, knowing what your goals are, having someone explain to you, this is what I expect of you uh, at this job, uh, and trying to map out how you're going to get there. Yeah. And, man, you can get creative with that. And if you're if you're a creative person and you want to hit the goals and you want to exceed the expectations of your, your boss and your peers, mm-hmm. um, some people have that, some people don't. And, and that's okay, too. You know? But you have, to, you have to be a self-starter. Yeah. You have to be able to evaluate something. For someone to be able to give me a pile of goods and say, now go sell it all. That's my goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I find here. And that's what I found in most of the music stores that I work in, that they, the folks will prepare you uh, and give you the best opportunity to succeed. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, then we can evaluate those reasons, you know, case by case, and we can address them case by case. How do you think that plays into the atmosphere of the music store? Like, um, and what I mean by that is, is, you, you know, we talk about foundation, we talk about product knowledge, we talk about goal oriented. Um, um, is it important to you to have an atmosphere that lends towards selling these products? And they re- and the reason I'm asking that is, as I was sitting there talking to you, is, is you, you like doing what you're doing because you want to hang out and talk to people about guitars. Yeah. Are we creating, is creating this atmosphere that's inviting for people to be in this? Is this a huge part of the selling experience for somebody to be successful? I think so. But I think it's natural. I don't think you think, I don't think you think about it. You know what I mean? When you're doing it, I think it's just something that you naturally lean towards. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, working for, for Stuart at Center Stage Music, I remember him telling me, um, man, you're a natural. You're going to be doing this for a long time. And for that, that huge, like in passing, mm-hmm. didn't mean a thing to him. He was just you know making a kind comment. But to me, I carry it with me to this day. Built confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Huge confidence builder. Also, once I've been working for him for a little while, he showed me my numbers. That is a huge motivator. Mm-hmm. When you can see, wow, I'm doing X amount of dollars a day, X amount of dollars a week, X amount of dollars a month. And then you, you realize that you can zoom out and look at what you're contributing to this man's business over the course of a year, that you've become an asset to this company. Yeah. How can I... And, and then goals just start to erupt from, from this positivity. So, Richard, what do you think from your perspective of your experience as far as atmosphere allowing the salesman to to be in an atmosphere that helps them thrive or opposed to maybe one that maybe might choke somebody out. Yeah, I think um again I can only I can go by uh, a past experience of working at a couple different uh places that are polar opposites. Um one to where you were talking about you guys didn't do spiffs and commissions and stuff like that. Um so I've worked at places that did 
you know, and that was part of it. But the first place that I worked at, um, we we made spiffs over twenty five dollars. You know, that's when we started doing that. Uh, the interesting thing was was the way the salesmen were was we conducted ourselves as though we weren't getting spiffs and commission. So there was not a cutthroat thing. We were very, very much into helping each other and um, uh, being friends and family um, for the betterness of selling whatever product we had. Um, I was telling Nate, I use an example, um, PA and keyboards and and recording gear, I kind of stayed away from. You know, you can uh, you get good at certain things, and some things you're not. Well, those are areas that I just kind of stayed away from. I knew enough to get in trouble, but you know, I kind of stayed away. Um, and then we would get people that would come in. That I had a guy who that was his wheelhouse. That's what he was really good mm-hmm. at. And I would go in and start selling a PA, and then I would go, Hey, I'm going to grab Angel because he's the man. And I would say, Angel, come help me. Now, um, I would either split or give commission to him. And I, would, I wouldn't stop there, but I would help him finish the deal, load everything out and whatever. And at the end of that, I would say, go write that down or split it. And he, the expectations of him was not, because I was his boss, expectations was just to help. And at first, because he came from a, an environment that was really cutthroat, so at first he didn't know how to act. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to conduct himself. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, Angel, man, we're helping each other out. We're not like that place where you came from. We are different. We want to be this way. And, and it took him a little bit, but after a while, he got it. The environment and the morale of the place w- was high all the time. So we always looked out for each other. There was a lot of commissions that I gave up because I was like, man, he did most of the work. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he's getting it. Mm-hmm. Times where we would, he would go, hey, I'll split that. I'd say, no, you take it, dude. You did it. Because of you, you sold twice as much as I would have sold. You take all of it. And, and, and after a while, we just all did that with each other, and we all helped each other out. So nobody missed out. Another place where you go to, it was very, very common that, like, uh, you walk in and we, you know, take Taylor, for example. We had one guy who prided himself as being the Taylor guy. So if his day was off and I was helping someone uh, with a Taylor and I, I did everything but get them to close, but they were coming back the next day to pick it up. He, he, they would walk up and go, hey, I was dealing with Richard yesterday. I come to get this, you know, Mar- or Taylor, whatever. I want to pick it up. And he would go, oh, okay, well, he's not here. I'll take care of you. Well, he would write the commission down for himself. Mm-hmm. And I would come back and i go, hey, man, did dude come in to buy this? Yeah. <laughs> did he tell you that I was working with him? Yeah, but I closed the deal. Mm-hmm. No, he came in to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there was no split. There was He didn't even want to tell me about it. Yeah. So I quickly go, oh, okay, now I know what kind of place that I work for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very, very cutthroat. The funny thing about it is how I met Nate was because of that salesman and his dirty way of doing business because he uh, bought an amplifier. AC-30. Yeah, a a Vox AC-30 and uh, had issues with it. And I ended up (laughs) taking care of him 
and and jumping through hoops didn't get paid for it didn't get anything except i met nate and now we've known each other for Man, that was 20, 2001 yeah so we've known each other for that long yeah. Yeah. 2000 2001 you know yeah. so you know that that goes to show you but even back then my mind it was still help the customer help those people that need the help and it was not about now nah, i don't care let them walk. If they don't like it, then go go to Guitar Center. Go wherever you want. It was always take care of the customer yeah. because I'm going to win no matter what, even if it doesn't show up on my paycheck. You know. And again, I've known Nate and his family for all those years yeah. because of saying, hey, I'll take care of this guy. And this is something from, from the top down, and I'm just talking about store owners. You know, If they're trying to create that culture and that atmosphere among salespeople at their store – They've got to realize the repercussions of the things, the decisions that are made or not made. Like, obviously, the store owner allowed that to happen. Didn't care. I mean, they had to have obviously known that, oh, there's room for people to move in and steal a sale because there were no guidelines or there was no... Uh, uh, emphasis put on team playing. Hey, just help them out because guess what? They'll help you out some point in time and you'll make that money. Yeah. And obviously that's what we do here. You know, it's just like, you know, we, we have an atmosphere to where we just want to help people when they go on vacation or they're sick. We help them out. You know, they we don't have take, to worry about We all that. take vacations. They all yeah. So yeah. we want to make sure that someone's got our back while yeah. we're gone. Yeah, that's I just, exactly I right. I went out of town this past Friday and I came back and, uh, you know, I, I was taken care of by yeah. the by the folks that I work for and the yeah. folks that I work with. So, yeah, that's that's a big a big part of it. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, commissions and numbers and all these types of things. Uh, the the folks that I've worked for have always been very protective of that. For example, when you'd come in, you as a salesman, you'd have a number, right? Yeah. And so when the lady who's ringing you up uh, at the end at the end of the sale and and who's also pulling the strings and the capo and the straps and the picks off of the wall, uh, the additional items that you're selling this person. They're they're getting those things together for you, and they're putting that under your number. So, though you're not getting paid out like spiffs or commissions, you're getting tracked. Yeah. And you get that information at the end of the month to show this is what you're contributing and this yeah. is what you're not contributing. Mm-hmm. And if you're you know going back to our goal driven uh, sort of bullet point, uh, if that drives you, if that motivates you, sometimes you know the a low number can be more motivating than a high number. You know, if you, if you see that, if you see that you're, you're kind of sucking wind a little bit, you go like, man, I need to get creative. You're the bottom of the barrel. Right. Yeah. And so there's, there's some ownership in that on your own right. But again, when, as it bleeds down from the top, you know, I've, I've had uh, a few bosses uh, initiate sales training um, and pay us to stay, you know, after hours. Uh, to to go through sales training programs, to uh, send me home with information to learn and to report back to our staff, to have a a, a regularly scheduled sales meeting with your staff every Friday morning, yeah. you know, for ten minutes. These types of things breed camaraderie, yeah, they and, do. and develop yeah. a, a real sense of being a team as opposed to some of these cutthroat yeah. situations. That and you're that's one about. of the reasons why uh, yesterday. We went and had a salesman's lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And um, during that, you know, I, you know, and, and as you guys know, inside, inside information here, I sent an email and said, "Hey, no cell phones. Yeah. You know, let's set the cell phones down. Why? 
it's not a control issue. It's so we are forced to communicate with each other because if not, I'll never forget. And I'm I'm getting off topic, so I'm going to say this and get back on topic. Um, a couple years ago, we, we it was during Christmas time, and we were slam busy, and we did a salesman's lunch, and we were at a really nice restaurant because we were celebrating having a killer month. So we were eating steaks, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and uh, and then I, I I remember sitting there, and we had the owner my Myself and the sales staff, and uh, the owner was talking, and I, I seen three people on their cell phones, and and it bummed me out because, man, how disrespectful that was, mm-hmm. and that's when I said no cell phones at lunch because we need to be uh, a team, we need to have camaraderie to where we actually put that down and don't don't look at it. But and when I when I addressed it, everybody was like, "Well, it's Christmas time, we're busy, and people are sending me emails." Well, there's nothing you could do about that email until you get back, anyways. Mm-hmm. So answer it when you get back, you know. So, anyways, I kind of took a bunny trail there, no. but hopefully, it uh, it's, you know it's discussed a, a little bit about mm-hmm. morale and mm-hmm. some of the things that I think you brought up there, Nate. Yeah, and we and we've actually one of the things on our list is a team player, and actually that we've actually kind of touched on it a lot. But I'll say this to keep driving the conversation: if you're not a team player, I think it's almost impossible for you to be a successful uh, salesperson at a music store because you're going to run into situations to where you ha- you need support from somebody else, mm-hmm. or you need to give support to somebody else. And if you're not willing to do that, take that or give that, then you'll never be successful. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think a lot of times this is where the owners need to pay attention. Because I have, uh, and I'm going to give too much information here, but even starting out at this place when I started, the idea was, you know, take his inventory and sell it. He's on vacation. And don't pick for him. Don't take care of them, sell the inventory. Well, we've changed that. And part of it was, my, my point is not to, to, to be negative of our leadership as far as the owner, but that was just something mm-hmm. that we needed to work on and mature as a company sure. to mm-hmm. perfect what we're doing. And we're still perfecting that, is to stop and realize this may be instant gratification because we might sell a couple thousand dollars, but how much did we lose? How much morale did we lose by the employee? How much trust did we lose oh, to the yeah. customer by doing that and them knowing that we did that and all that? So there's a lot of trickle downs from ownership management that we need to stop and pay attention to what we're talking about. We may not hit every point, but people are thinking about other points that apply to their store. So owners and managers need to listen right now to what we're talking about because we decide. We decide what that morale looks like. And sometimes as owners and managers, we have to lose a little bit to win later on. means we have to give up something. We have to pay somebody a a little bit extra because they did a great job. We have to let somebody go home with pay because they killed it and you want to say thanks. Mm -hmm. You have to let people off to take a vacation day when you really can't or you shouldn't. Those are things that we have to examine and look at and 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 make sure that we do for our our employees and for our people. Yeah. You know, myself the other day, I'm looking at a stack of people that uh, want want one day off, and there was five people that wanted that day off, and I'm sitting there, and man, I wrestled for like 24 <laughs> hours with it. 
And I'm like going, you should not let five people off. It's true. I mean, how, how dumb am I to even think about it? And then I so I start talking to myself, okay, well, let's break down the departments. Well, there's you know a guy from this department, two guys from this department, two guys from this department. We can handle that. Signed them all off. Mm-hmm. Team player. Team yeah. player. And, 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 and again, it starts at the yeah, top, man. And, and, I, and I said, man, the other guys will step up. We'll take care of it. It's one day, not the end of the world. You know, I know on that day, I'm going to be shaking my head and going, what the heck did you do? But on Monday or Tuesday when they come back and they're going to say, man, thanks. I needed that day off. It was really important to me. Then I'll go, maybe I did the right thing. And so, you know, again, in management and ownership, there's decisions that we need to change the way we feel because we are so, so much into instant gratification that we lose sight of the big picture and the long play, Mm -hmm. the long play. So, uh, let's go back to them employees that you won't let them off. I've worked at places where they would say, well, I don't want to give you five days vacation. Man, I'm tired. I need a vacation. And they're like, well, can you take three days? Can you take two days? You know, and, and, and you know, employees usually when they go and they're burned out, that's when I don't want to. Uh, uh, not excuse them. That's when I want to say, mm-hmm. you need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to go. Get out of here. Yeah, it's bit. not because they're bad people. It's because they're tired, mm-hmm. you know? And, 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 and that's when you go, hey, go spend time with your family and your loved ones because when they come back, they're like Energizer bunnies. And it's so important in retail, especially in retail, because those hours are typically bell to bell, and you're working uh, hours that... You know, a lot of other people have off, you know, these these holidays, evenings and, evenings and holidays. You're dealing with a lot of all types of, of days where most other people have off. It's very important to keep everybody in, uh, uh, rejuvenated, you yeah. know, restored. And you get that from having a couple of days off here and there. Well, you know, uh, I, I think that's cool. I, I noticed that uh, from, from where you sit a lot of times um, – you know, I, I think I was one of those people <laughs> who wanted the day off last week, and and uh, and it does mean the world. Yeah, you know, because you do. You come in and you absolutely kill it, and everybody knows on a retail floor or in the wholesale stuff that we do on a day to day, it's not that different in terms of man. We're on our feet just like everybody in a retail store. We're yeah. we're sometimes you know we're we're in the valleys and then we're on top of the mountain, and and it's just those peaks and valleys, constant peaks and valleys, and you need to have some rest from that because you do. You come back fully restored and you, you end up killing it and making the mm-hmm. same if not more dollars than you would uh if you'd been you know you know kind of grinding it out so yeah. to speak so mm-hmm. um there was something i wanted to add to the the team player yeah. mentality as i was sitting here listening um you know say you've got a guy and, and this happened from experience uh who wants to to quote unquote prove himself from another department and he comes over and he sells a guitar from the PA department, right? And that's great. Uh, something that used to happen would my boss would pull us aside after the close of a sale and he'd say, talk to me about the, the sale. Talk to me about this, this sales cycle that you were in. And um, a lot of times when you would, and I'm all about cross-training people. I think that's a great idea. It helps fill the gaps when people need a day off and all that's great. But to have an expert in that department is also crucial 
Because you've got a guy coming over who can sell a $300 guitar. That's great. But what if you had the right salesman in place who could have sold them a $700 guitar? Yeah. You know that qualified them correctly. Maybe they oversold them. Maybe they're maybe they're they're walking out of there going, man, I didn't I didn't I spent way too much money. And you got a guitar that's going to come back the next day. Uh, you know, having the team player mentality to know, hey, I'm in over my head. I need to turn this over. You yeah. know, the turnover is is such a big deal. I've, I've told that story countless times about the quiet Sunday at the music store. You had the one guy who pulled in. He was looking for a custom shop Fender Strat, and for some reason, man, not everybody gels with everybody he didn't like the way my hair was cut he didn't like something about me and so i grabbed rich and i said rich i think you you know i think you get along with this guy i think you yeah. guys and, and rich sold him a you know thirty five hundred dollar guitar yeah. yeah and i don't i don't think he would have bought that guitar from me mm-hmm. well, um so I've it's got important to be able to kind of recognize those personalities yeah, as well. i agree with that yeah and i've got a list here of all the things he probably didn't like about you Great. we can actually talk about all well, those let's go down that want. list <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well hey um obviously uh another thing we put on there and actually adam i think you put on there self-managed i think maybe somebody contributed i can't remember but self-managed is is obviously good we've talked about so far We've talked about you know having uh, the personality, knowledge of product, being goal driven. You have to be a team player, and everything like that. But self managed. But within self managed, I think there are some habits. So I'm just going to say I've got a, f- a few of them written here, and then maybe you guys can kind of expound on which they. So being self managed, uh, some of the habit habit that would lend to that would be persistence. What, uh, what do you think when you hear persistence in a successful salesperson? Uh, persistence is somebody who shows up early, first of all, not on time, but they get there early. So they're way out in front of their day. Um, they're going to be able to take their lumps. And I think a lot of that just comes from experience of being in the Valley mm-hmm. and knowing that if, if something's not going your way, you're just a, literally a phone call or a customer away from that entire situation changing and not getting overwhelmed uh, by something not going your way, being persistent, being resilient mm-hmm. uh, to the conditions or the current market climate of your town or of your product. There's always something to sell, no matter what you're looking at. And if you can see it from that lens, you're probably a persistent person. You're yeah. persistent about selling stuff, you know, yeah. no matter what it is. Richard, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, the first thing that uh, when you said persistent, what popped into my head was not giving up. Yeah. You know, um, and and that's just for me. I agree with what Adam said. He had a lot of good points. Um, for me, I, I'm not one to give up on something. You know, you obviously know when when somebody, when you're qualifying them, they can't, they're just not the right fit. You yeah. know, that I, I give up then because I move on because it, it's just not the right fit. But there's a lot of times uh, with persistence, I don't give up. Yeah. You know, that, that I, you know, it could be a bad day in the middle of the summer. And that's what, what prompted us to even talk about this was summer. It could be in the middle of the summer uh, on a day where you're having a bad day. No one's walking in the door. And in the last 30 minutes, somebody walks in the door and buys a, a, mm-hmm. a, a uh, you know, an HD 35 and spends 4,800 bucks or whatever they are today. I don't even know how much mm-hmm. they are. Um, and then it kind of salvages a day. Yeah. Well, you could, you could easily go Psh, days done. Let's kind of mentally wrap it up. Or you see someone come in and go, 
the day's not done. Yeah, you know, we still got we still got a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, persistent, not giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that persistence goes back to me when I started because I didn't know. Man, I had no knowledge of guitars except um, either family members or friends that played guitar, but I didn't have no knowledge of what guitar players did. Um, I had to be persistent. I had to, to, to listen. I had to read. I had to do all of this stuff to become someone who, who sells guitars. And then several times people would go, man, I can't even believe this. I'm buying this guitar from a drummer, you know? <laughs> There's yeah. a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And they go, oh, well, hey, man, I'm having fun, you know, um, because I was persistent because I knew the woods. I knew the, the appointments on a guitar as good or better than most guitar players. To this day, give me a guitar and I could tell you about it, uh, you know, and, and a lot of guitar players go, oh, I didn't know that was mahogany. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. I didn't know what wood that was or you know mm-hmm. whatever um but that persistence got me there yeah, i think absolutely uh, absolutely uh you actually mentioned my next word on the listening mm-hmm. how does listening play into being a successful salesperson well you have to be able to ask the questions and then keep your mouth shut yeah, i recently absolutely. i recently read a, a statistic that says and this is just good information for people <laughs> in general that once you start talking to someone it takes about 17 seconds for that person to already, if I've asked you a question, you're talking to me, it takes me about 17 seconds for me to go ahead and start thinking about what I'm going to say next. So to put into practice uh, listening to people, they're going to have reoccurring themes uh, in the questions that you're asking them that are going to help you qualify. And the more you, the less you talk and the more you listen, uh, the more you're, you're thinking and you're rattling down. When somebody talks to me about a guitar they're looking for and I'm asking them questions, my brain is Google searching the products that I have on hand and in front of me right now that I can sell you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm also evaluating what's going to, what's going to suit your needs. So if I'm not listening to you, um, a lot of times too, man, people will, uh, on a sales floor or even in what we do now, They'll say they kind kind of give vague general ideas of what they're looking for, and that can be just as much of a of a bullet point like pin on the head as like mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, you know. So, but you have to be able to listen because if you if you're not hearing what they're saying, if you're not asking them the right question, what kind of budget do you have? What's the occasion on a retail floor? What a great question. What's the occasion? In other words, are we doing this today? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, these types of questions can all lead you down a path of yeah. getting them the information that they need yeah. uh, and helping you close the sale. Well, dang it. That was actually one of the, one of the next ones, Richard, it was uh, tied in asking great questions. Yeah. So um, that's obviously, it goes hand in hand with listening, but a great salesperson will obviously take the information that they're hearing and, and then try to hone it in to be more specific. To yeah, find ask the a question and shut up. Well, I got a you book know. from you when I first started working here, Richard. It was question-based selling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said, hey, go read this. Yeah. And it's just general great information for anyone selling any product. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily a new concept, but the, the more we further and continue our own education uh, in the sales cycle and in the product, which we've talked about, the only thing it's going to do is give us more confidence to have a laid back conversation. We typically talk about the things that we're bored about. Mm-hmm. In other words, we talk about the things that, that we're, we're very knowledgeable of. And so we can break it down in simple concepts. Great teachers can teach you in a way that 
uh, that you understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you talked about before, a lot of a lot of times people will oversell the product and undersell the value of themselves and the company that they work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really in this day and age kind of have their mind. Why do you made think up. they do that? Well, uh, you know, I think a lot of times when we go back to something Richard was talking about, we get excited. You know, it took me a long time, and I still, to this day, as a as a salesperson, I catch myself going, man, I should have shut up. Like, yeah. I'm selling past the point of the close, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, 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 you I've know. I've done already bought it already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just, just shut your mouth. You've already sold the product. Now you get to, and that's one of the things that I feel like we do here at MIRC as individuals and as a team very well is that we really get to shine after we've already sold you something. That's when we become... In, in, when we get into a relationship with people, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of people have a choice to go buy a guitar from a retail store or online. Uh, you know, they can buy guitars from other manufacturers. They have relationships with other folks, and they can buy guitars from us. One of the things that separates anybody selling a guitar is the value that you're going to bring to the table after they've already bought it. Uh, the, and the last thing that I thought, you know, if we go, if you're going to be self-managed, you know, being persistent listening, asking great questions. And the last thing I just kind of put on there was, is an effective presentation. That's kind of, is being able to then take something and uh, demonstrate it. Is this important? I mean, I, you know, like I'm sitting here thinking, man, if I worked in a music store right now and I needed to to talk to somebody about drums, dang it, they don't want me to sit down behind the yeah. drums. But how how important is this? And also in the day and age that we live in, where everything people want to shop online, are music stores harnessing the power of presentation uh, a- enough to draw people in? Yeah. Let's let let me go back a little bit. Hold that thought. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have you ask that question again because I want to go back to something mm-hmm. that we were talking about listening. Now, when we were talking about listening, the one thing that popped into my head that I think is crucial and is an absolute uh, uh, with salesmen is when when we said listening, I was thinking caring. Because if you're yeah. listening, mm-hmm. it shows that other person that you care about what they have to say. Yeah. But if you're talking over them and you're the one doing all the talking, to me, you're telling that person, I don't care what you have to say. They're the customers. So I ask the question, you know, what's your budget today? You know, what kind of guitar are you looking for? What you, and you're asking qualifying things, and you're asking questions, shutting them up, shutting up, because you care about what 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 they care about. Yeah, and that's something that I think is hugely important. I think I stumbled across that accidentally in sales, and I never let it go um, because I did care about that person that that was coming in to spend hard earned money, and I and I had fun. And I enjoyed the process, so I'd get wrapped up into it. I mean, I, I mean, you know, the world world could be exploding around me, but I was into this conversation or or whatever we were doing, yeah. and that's because I cared. And so that would, I know that sounds kind of silly, but I think when we're talking listening, I think caring. Yeah. So, anyways, go back to what you're talking about. And even about. just then, too. I mean, obviously, you want to care. You want you want the customer to walk out of the store to be happy. You want the customer to walk out and refer other people back yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that all goes to caring. So, but uh, and what I'd said before was a effective presentation. Um, does is effective presentation a, a powerful tool for a successful salesperson? And also, are music stores harnessing? 
the power of presentation enough in this world where there's a lot of online shopping where people are willing to buy something and they never even tried it before. So is that something where music stores should be going, no, 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 no. Hey, do you, do you want to try it out? Great. Come here. So I don't know. I just think that that's an interesting uh, aspect to the conversation. No, it is. I think a lot of things about that. One, you know, making your music store, we're talking about brick and mortar music stores, uh, having your products merchandised and sellable mm-hmm. <laughs> is huge. You can't have just like a corner of your music store with a bunch of amps stacked on top of each other, man, just because it looks cool. You have to have them plugged in. You have to have opportunity for somebody to sit down and pick up a guitar that's in tune and that's clean to sit down and have an awesome, tangible experience with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of you know presentation. Also during during the sales cycle, if once you've gotten to the point of presentation, you know if you're qualifying someone, my presentation and you're not ready to buy today. My presentation might be a little bit different than it would would be if you were going to buy it today. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I, I need to determine how much time I'm going to invest in this situation right now, so that I know that you're going to come back one uh, and two, so that Maybe there's another customer here who, who is ready to buy something today. Yeah. And being respectful to, to all those situations around you, um, I try to get it, if I'm in a presentation, I try to get it to uh, as little a time as possible and, and hit them with the highlights. I tell them what I'm going to tell them, and then I tell them, and then I tell them what I told them. It's just like an essay, I guess. Yeah. And then that way, they've heard it from three different angles. They've probably got three different options of guitars that are smart options because we've qualified the customer correctly mm-hmm. and they're going to walk out with something. Yeah. They're going to walk out yeah. with one of those guitars. Yeah, so. absolutely. Man, I have nothing to add to that. That was good. Man, yeah. you tell them what you told them. Tell them what you told them. Man, man. that's a good one. You right know, this there. is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about all solid wood construction briefly. We're going to talk about laminate wood construction. Yeah, we don't want to bore you know, the guys. Right, we don't want to bore them. But hey, yeah. you know what? You mentioned that you travel a lot. And so not only that, but given your budget, having an all solid wood guitar might not even, it might sound better, but it might not be the best product for you. And that's the goal here. Um, You know, I'm not going to necessarily stop someone from spending more money, but I just want them to be well informed about what they are spending and what they're getting and the responsibility of that. That's right. And if they walk out of the the store feeling like that's what's happened, then it's a win-win situation. Absolutely. So, well, um, the only, the last one that we have on the list as far as um, is, is integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sentence or a couple sentences, what does integrity mean to you as a successful salesperson? Integrity uh, in the retail sales floor, on the retail sales floor, is is knowing when you you have to say, I don't I don't think this is the right thing for you. You know, it's knowing when to to step away from something that someone's going, and and I've had this happen several times. Guys come in to look at, it happened with the Mesa Boogie Electrodyne. I'll never forget it. Uh, One of my best customers came in, and he was just so stoked to check out the Mesa Boogie Electrodyne, which is a smoking amp, by the way. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't prepared to buy it. He, he wasn't prepared. He didn't have the money in his pocket, and, uh, and he was moving money around, and he was doing a lot of different stuff, a lot of different weird stuff to try and get the money to buy this amp that he thought was going to help him out. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk anybody out of a sale, but at the same time, you have to evaluate those things and say, man, I don't – if you get a flat tire on the way home, I want you to be able to change it, Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And if buying this amp is going to put you in a position where you can't put food in your mouth, man – 
put it on layaway. Yeah. We've got other options here. You don't have to have this thing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what, man? He ended up putting that amp on layaway, and he ended up, you know, still to this day, being one of my guys that I call about twice a year and talk gear with. Yeah, and I think integrity is, is a lot of times you hear stories all the time, and you've got one about the guy with the, the um, oh, darn it, the, um, the amp. That he came in and he had this fifteen hundred dollar amp head, and he goes, "Well, I, I hear yeah. I want to trade it straight up for that Marshall head." Yeah. The uh, so this and, guy had a uh, can I use like product names and brands sure, and stuff like sure, that? So he had sure. a Splawn, Splawn that's head, right. which was I don't know, you know, it was a it was an expensive amplifier, yeah, hot rotted Marshall amp, dude. It was just a smoking amp, and in this little music store, we had a Marshall like MG one hundred dx or something great amp <laughs> great amp but it's a you know it's a it's a, a solid state kind of 359 dollar half stack <laughs> you know what i mean and uh and he had this head that was probably you know three or four thousand dollars just by itself and uh he fell in love he's a total you know metal guy and just fell in love with the real kind of buzzy sound of this this marshall mg and he's like i got some gear to trade i'll bring it back and and he walks in with this spawn head and i'm looking it up online going man this is you we, i can't do this why don't you go sell this privately and mm. then we'll make this deal happen yeah. I'll, I'll just sell you the amp you can pocket a bunch of cash and he was really persistent with me to say this is what i want why won't you give me what i want mm-hmm. and um turns out he was he was underage he was 17 so i kind of used that as an out and i said hey i can't even do business with you this way because you're under 18 you know i need to do trades with people who have a, a eight you know 18 or older basically mm-hmm. he brought his dad back and his dad said you know this is my son obviously if he wants that amp let's do the trade and so you're up against the wall and you go like, well, okay, why don't you go get me like every other piece of gear that you have to try and even this out, you know, try to, try to figure this out. Finally, at the end of the day, you know, we, we got him the amp he wanted. I took that amp and, uh, you know, quite a bit of other gear and I ended up coming out of the drawer a little bit to give this guy some, some extra money to even this thing out to this day. His name's Michael to this day. I saw him at the, uh, at lunch the other day oh, really? over at lunch over at the mall. And, uh, and he stopped me. He's like, still loving my Marshall. <laughs> like, <laughs> but hey, it takes integrity to be able uh, to do that. And a lot of people would go, yeah, sure. So he didn't have that. common sense or a good, uh, good tone. You know, he, well, I mean, he's a monster guitar player. And it's yeah. just one of those things. Like, who am I to say? That was his sound. A lot of times, man, we get in our own way. People will come in and go, I'm looking for fill in the blank. And because we don't think that's hip or we don't think that that is going to get the job done, we say, no, man, that's not what you need. What you need is this. Yeah. Well, what he just told me was that he was ready to spend $350 on this delay pedal. And so why am I not selling that to him already? Yeah, sure. Why are we not already talking about best practices in using it as opposed to me trying to convince you to buy something else? Sure. You know? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think these are all great traits to have salespeople. Uh, I do think, though, how, how we started it out, though, man, I think that good salespeople start from from the top down. Absolutely. So I think that that's a, that's a huge factor. I think music store owners have really got to reflect on that because it's a big deal. Creating, yep. uh, creating the atmosphere and the culture that's going to allow people to be, be successful. So any final thoughts, Richard? Man, to wrap this up and to wind down, I, I just want to kind of reiterate the reason behind us doing that, and that is because um, uh, we care about our dealers. We care about all the music stores out there, all the people listening. And uh, we want um, 
to give as much knowledge as we possibly can to everybody, mm-hmm. and we want everybody to succeed. Um, and hopefully this provoked thought with people, and hopefully it'll help you get through mm-hmm. uh, the rest of August and, and into the fall. And uh, more than anything, it'll, it'll help you examine yourself and find areas that you can improve on. Um, you know, improvement is something that we never uh, stop, but we've got to do daily. Um, and and I'm, I know myself, I'm constantly working on myself to get better and to learn. And that's something that I'll always do is be a student uh, to education because I want to learn and grow and get better. And hopefully the people listening feel the same way and uh, it'll come through to their staff and they'll have healthier staff. They'll have healthier businesses and we'll have more brick and mortar stores because I love brick and mortar yeah. stores. You know, yep. So, yeah, that's absolutely. all I got. Yeah. So, I, I, all those listening to the show, uh, the music retail or uh, um, the music retail show at gmail.com. My gosh, why yeah. do I always have to think about that every time? Uh, man, we obviously we love great conversation. Man, just email us if you have something to participate to this conversation because you know what? You never know when we might bring it up in a future sure. episode. Sure. To, because uh, we love to hear back from music store owners or salespeople and and, and hear about experiences. So, yeah. but uh, and Adam, thank you very oh, yeah. much for being here. I've uh, enjoyed this, it. This topic a lot of good is stuff. like a huge passion of mine. Some of my fondest memories are in retail stores, yeah. and it you know that upbringing brings you into where we are now, sitting at this table. Yeah, and those lessons. Uh, they don't ever go away. You got yeah, time to lean. You got time to clean. Absolutely. <laughs> Way hey, to close it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is. Man, I'm going to go get a broom. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yep. yep. Own a music store or sell guitars online? Need more inventory to stay competitive in today's market? MIRC is the nation's largest wholesaler of quality used guitars. Visit www.mircweb.com to become a dealer today. Thanks for listening to the Music Retail Show. Music Retail Show.